What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the hardworking happy hour. I'm Sean. And I'm Catherine. And as always, we'll be breaking down all things trades, entrepreneurship, and turning your creativity into a passion career. Yeah, that's what we do every week. And we're still working on that theme song. I know. I was just going to, I just meant to say, you were going to try and sing it this week. Remember? Uh, I think you, you give, were going to maybe do a the, uh, it's the hardworking happy hour. We're having drinks and we're talking shop. <laughs> Amazing. We're still working wow. out the kinks on that, but that is going to be my passion project. It's probably going to be an instrumental unless you want to sing on it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, give us some feedback. If you liked the framework <laughs> of that, we can, we can expand upon that. But uh, theme music coming shortly. Yes. Exciting stuff on the docket there. Definitely. People Good. are probably on the edge of their seats. Oh, so God, yeah. So, if somebody's listening to this in their car, they might have just gotten into an accident. <laughs> <laughs> they might be in a ditch. Please help them. No, probably not. Hopefully not. Probably not. Oh, geez, I hope not. Okay. This week. This week. We got some exciting topics <clears throat> that uh, I've really just wanted to talk about. Yeah. And we're going to get into them. All right. What are they? Well, first, should we talk about what we're drinking? we should we're having red bull red bull why are we having red bull why are we not drinking uh, well i'm not drinking because it's 75 hard oh I, that's right yeah. i think that you just <laughs> gave up drinking <laughs> brain fog <laughs> <laughs> that's one of our topics we, we're brain a little fog. bit tired today yeah. a little bit of brain fog so uh plus i got to meet with a client after this so oh, decided true. to go with the red bull yes. instead of the alcohol right no, it's not a good look when you go to pick up a deposit check <laughs> and you smell like alcohol. It's probably bad, not yeah. a good start. Yeah. So uh, decided to go with the Red Bull, and that that's gonna we're kind of getting at some of our topics here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Brain fog. Brain fog. We're gonna touch on that just a little bit. Yep. We've also got Sean's best strategies for sales. Yes. I'm gonna try to teach Catherine a thing or two about sales. Yep. So that should be fun. Yep. 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 Part of self-reflection is knowing what you're not good at. And I am not a good, friendly salesperson. And Sean, you're going to help me out on that. I will. Thanks. I'll try my best. I appreciate that. All right. And lastly, rigidity and flexibility. When to be rigid, when to be flexible. It's yeah. a tough balance. You know, a lot of things come down to balance. Now that, I'm, now that I'm saying it, yeah. you know, uh, a lot of times you can set plans out in your business, whether it is uh, on the back end of things, if it's on a job, you know, you, you set these schedules and it's a tough dichotomy to try to determine whether you need to stick to that no matter what mm -hmm. or to be flexible and when to be flexible. Yeah. So that's something that's been on my mind a lot as we try to implement some new things in our business. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just want to talk about that. I'm not sure if I necessarily have profound answers on that but uh it's more of a let's get the conversation started yeah we'll work through it we'll work through it together so uh also shout out to down to earth landscaping for the hat for the hat <laughs> they, they also uh, very kindly sent us drinks they did which we will get into but i wanted sean to wait for me to drink the alcoholic drinks but they were also very kind in sending us um non-alcoholic beverages for me yeah. Which was also very nice. So thank you for thinking of us. And I can't wait to drink those alcoholic drinks. Yeah. In roughly two weeks. Two weeks? That's all you got left? Yeah. Oh my God, how not exciting. The, not next Friday, but the Friday after that, I can drink alcohol. Oh Are my God. about it? It yeah. ends on a Friday? Thursday's uh, the last day? No, it ends on like a Wednesday, I think. Okay. Okay. 
Exciting. Yeah. We should have one of those, another one of those episodes where we get real drunk. I, you know what? I think that would be, <laughs> yeah, I think we should definitely do that. Uh, and, and I haven't drank in so long. It's probably going to be like one drink, one drink for me. So easy peasy. All right. Sounds great. Uh, let's get into the episode. Let's get okay. into some topics here. Uh, All right, sure. you want to start with the brain fog? I do. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you think is, uh, is I'm a habitual brain fogger, I would say. Oh, really? I think so. Okay. I think, I. uh, just the way my brain works, it, there's a lot of mental chatter a lot of times, mm. which um, can sometimes, I think, lead to a tiredness in the brain, you know? So you operate from a place of constant brain fog? I wouldn't say constant brain fog, but I would say uh, sometimes, sometimes the chatter in my head is beneficial. Mm-hmm. helps me be creative, helps me think of new ideas, helps me get all jazzed up about things, but... Sometimes it can wear you down a little bit and then it's just yeah. like, I'm tired. My brain is tired. I can't really, I can't really, uh, think of the words, mm. you know, that kind of thing. Okay. Okay. My brain fog is more so like, um, I feel like I have so many different things going on and then it leads me to like a freeze moment, like where I'm, where I feel like I can't do anything cause I have so many things to do. Yeah. And then it leads me to a feeling of like I'm forgetting something and that is like the worst feeling for me. Like, yeah, I feel like it's a body feeling. Like when you feel like you're forgetting something, it's like, like I, I can't even describe it. You just feel it in your bones. Like, oh my God, I'm, I know I'm forgetting something and I cannot think of what that thing is. And like, I obviously have work. I, I am on the board of a nonprofit. Like I, I feel like there's like very important things that I can't forget. And I feel like I'm constantly for. I'm not constantly forgetting them, but I feel like that, There's that like nagging there. sense of yeah. like, I'm forgetting something and it's going to ruin everything. That's what my brain fog does to me. Yeah. How, how all that? Are, yeah, are, are you living with this regularly? <laughs> no. Is this an everyday it, thing? No, it doesn't happen all the time. It's just, just sometimes this today is one of those days where I feel like I'm, there's something I, I, there's important something, out there that you're, you're forgetting I, yeah, about. Yeah. I feel like that a lot too. And Bad the, feeling. the best thing for me to deal with that lists. Yeah. So uh, still been doing the, the Microsoft To-Do app. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yes. To-Do? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's been really good to just put the things out there because uh, naturally, I think my inclination is to just like store it away mentally. Like, okay, mm-hmm. mental list. I have to do this, 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 and this. And then I'm constantly like, okay, I know there's like five things on my list. Uh, I can remember three. Let me think of the other two things. So that's the biggest thing for me is putting things down like on a list as soon as I think of them just put them on there uh and even better than that if I can put what I need to do the next day the night before feel so much clearer yeah so try that out I should try that out I don't know if I'm really the uh, person to be giving advice on this (laughs) subject but that's what helps me yeah and uh yeah so I think everybody can relate to a little bit of brain fog sometimes you know I think a lot of people that run a business or in the trades can be overworked sometimes and you just get mentally exhausted. Yeah. Do you think? Absolutely. So, all right, well, let's leave that in the past. <sighs> My brain fog has lifted like we, now that we oh, are. Yeah. You're, you're still <laughs> no, no, not so much. Not lifted, but you know, I'll work through it. I'll get perfect. There. I'll get there. Perfect. All right. Well, let's get into our next topic, which is rigid versus flexible. Yeah. So one of the things that we have talked about recently is incorporating some new daily 
kind of checklists. Yeah. Some some daily routines of when we do certain things that have to be done all the time. So why don't why don't you go through the list of kind of some of the things that we're trying to like build a, a daily framework around? Like like for us personally? For us personally, yeah. Um so we have as we always talk about, we have three people working in the van that do um different amounts of content things. And so there's different just little tasks. Like somebody has to set up the time-lapse cameras or even like down to like plugging in the van and being responsible for that because <laughs> yeah. someday someone who, who would be me would drive off with the extension cord plugged in. I haven't done that yet, but I'm terrified that I will one day. Yeah. Um, so just like those little tasks, those things need to be done every single day. And if some specific person isn't responsible for them. Yeah. What? Why are you laughing? I think you're still deep in this brain fog because <laughs> the only two things you came up with were plugging in the van and <laughs> setting up the time lapse cameras. Why don't I? You know, I what? didn't know how. I don't know how deep you want me to get into it. Okay. Well, we were talking about. Um, so one of the things that we have to do is set up the the stuff for social media, like when we're going to do the post. Um, one thing that we've been lacking on, I think, is like interactions on okay, social yeah, media. Yeah. So yeah. like, we want to set aside a right. time for that. Um, we also want to block out time during the week where we are belt on. Mm -hmm. So we want to kind of dial in that framework of what our day and what our week looks like. And yes. when we do certain things, um, for example, recording this podcast, we've been pretty consistent doing yeah. it on Friday afternoons. Mm -hmm. Works out great. We just kind of know that we're doing it on Friday afternoons. We plan the day and the week around that, knowing that we won't be there on site. Right. Works out pretty well. And the thing that you have to kind of like balance is when should you be flexible on that? Yeah. Because there are certain times where we have missed it on a Friday and it's because, you know, we're right at the end of a job or, mm -hmm. you know, something else comes up. And that's the hard thing for me with like a daily routine. Yeah. Like setting up our day, like, okay, every day at noon, somebody does a post and then, you know, we spend some time, uh, replying to people. And then we also set aside time to respond to emails that come in. Like all of these little tasks need to fit into your day because it's something that is, is just constantly happening that you always have to keep up with. And I think it's, it's tough for me. I, I can easily come up with excuses as to why something else is more important right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, yeah. We work in an environment where there's a million other things happening. So it's easy to find a reason to have to move things around if you don't stick to them rigidly. Yeah. And they're, and they're not even, it's not like they're bad reasons, you know, like, like we came up with recently, just like a couple of days ago, we were going to do sit down in the van every day at three o'clock and like be interactive on social media. And yeah. we we're like, that's what we're gonna do every single day. But every day at three o'clock, there's like tons of different things happening. So yep. it's like really hard to stick to that. And to what degree, and I think it's kind of like a personal thing of like who your client or who, what person is dealing with that. Like, right. I feel like I am able to be more rigid and I like just me personally, I'm able to be like, no, this is what we're going to do. And I think that that's harder for you. Yeah. But you're also the owner of the business who has a million more things to do. I'm very so important I'm man. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very important man with important business things to do. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get it. It's really high level. <laughs> it's really high stuff. level. I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. It's way above my head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but then if you're, you know, if you miss that, then, you know, our thing about that is dividing and conquering. So it's kind of like it throws off the dynamic of what we were doing in the original plan if you're not there. So, um, so yeah, it is, it's really hard to, to strike a balance with that. And I think that 
luckily we're a smaller company and we're able to be more like on our toes with that kind of stuff yeah. and recalibrate if we need to. But I bet with bigger companies where you have more personnel just to keep track of, you can't, you can't, yeah. Like flexibility for that isn't an option because it would be too many people having to be accountable for things, you know, yeah. like independently. It needs to be more structured the yeah. larger that you get. And right. I think, I think that is one of the things that's challenging for me because even though it's been eight years in business, it doesn't feel like that long ago that like it was pretty much like just me doing like almost everything. Um, have a little bit of help on site, but doing absolutely everything else in the business. So it's kind of like I can do this, jump to that, go to mm -hmm. that. Everything is under my umbrella. So it, it probably should have been structured then. It would have been easier for me, but I was just kind of like always playing whack-a-mole and yeah. I was doing it in my own head and by myself. But now that we have more people, I think that structure and that framework on a daily and a weekly basis is a lot more important. And uh, to, to a big extent, we have implemented a lot of these things. Yeah. But it's something that I think we constantly need to look at and adjust mm -hmm. and and kind of find that balance of what is the right amount of things to say like, okay, say we have something scheduled in the day, but we really want to finish up this job. Do we say, all right, we'll just come back to the job again tomorrow. You know, we're not going to go all out and try and finish it today because it's really important that we stick to this structure and long-term it's going to be beneficial. If we do this, we can't think so short-sighted and just say, all right, everybody get out there and let's just finish this today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's also really difficult for people to manage employees because if you like, let's say, you know, you set up this really rigid schedule for somebody, they're going to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and it has to be done by the end of the day. Yeah. But in the middle of the day, you're like, okay, change of plans. We actually have to do this other thing. This is more important. And now you have to take, you know, time away from what you were doing to go do this other thing. And then that other, the first thing doesn't get done. Then you can't in the, you know, retroactively go back and be like, okay, well you didn't do that thing that we talked about. Like when you're trying to go back and, and judge your employees. Yeah. You have to. This, this, something about this feels accusatory. <laughs> something about this really feels accusatory. Who does no, that? No, I'm, it's, I'm saying for people with employees, it's hard to. Yeah. You know, one of the things when I came on, I was like, <laughs> we're going to have to have um, employee reviews. Yeah. And it's really hard if you have, if you set out a standard for your employees but then you don't do your end of sticking up for things. I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just okay, speaking figuratively. Okay. Oh, this is purely <laughs> metaphorical. Um, you know, you can't judge somebody if you didn't stick up to your end of, yeah. of the bargain. So some people value flexible employees who can think on their toes and can be really flexible. But sometimes people work in a really, you know, you might have Carpenter Joe, who he is, he is, there at eight o'clock every single day, he does exactly what he needs to do. And then he goes home. Um, but he's a rigid employee. And if you throw, you know, if you, you try to change his day, it's going to really throw him off and he can't work like that. But that <laughs> again, still figurative. Oh, it's completely metaphorical. <laughs> it's just a hypothetical so construction it's, it's company. Hypothetical, okay. Gotcha. But like somebody could be really good at doing their thing and you know, mm -hmm. they're trustworthy. They're going to do their thing. But if you throw them off just the slightest bit, it's really going to send them off and they can't operate in a place of chaos. 
some people are really flexible yeah, and, and is like that and yeah. can th- like thrive <laughs> in a little bit of chaos and can be really just, you know, nimble and, and flexible and can do really well in that kind of environment. But those yeah. are two very different kinds of people. And if you have both of those people on your team, you need to recognize that and nurture those kinds of employees. That's because true. If you're not, then you're going to create this sense of chaos for these people and they're not going to be able to, they don't know what metrics they're supposed to live up to. They don't know how to, you know, where they're being graded. Again, <laughs> you keep making this face. I am not talking about our company. Oh, I'm talking hypothetical in, construction company. I'm just, this is like, this is like HR Catherine talking. Okay, it's like, you perfect. need to nurture your employees and some people like chaos or not. I don't think anybody likes chaos, but some people thrive in a, you know, more nimble environment. Some people thrive in a more rigid environment. And what, what environment would you thrive in? <laughs> more nimble? I think that I, I can. Either one. I can. Yeah, I think I can. Okay. Before I would have said rigidity. I liked, like when I was in the corporate world, I liked knowing exactly what was expected of me. Yeah. So then I could meet or surpass expectations. But now that I'm in a completely different industry with this completely different set of people and personalities. Yeah. I think being nimble is fun. I like that everything, you know, on a day-to-day changes. Yeah. And as long as you're not like gathering, you're messing everything up because you're not doing this, you know, I told you seven months ago you needed to get this thing done and you didn't do it, you know. Yeah. As long as you're not like doing those kinds of things, then it's fine. But if, you know. I actually have something I want to talk about. <laughs> if expectations change along the way, then I think it's kind of fun. Yeah, I agree. And I think... <laughs> I think it's going to be a surprise to nobody that we do kind of exist in a just a, a slight a sprinkle of chaos is yeah. uh, definitely a main ingredient. It's our secret sauce. <laughs> our secret sauce is a little sprinkle of chaos. Right. And I mean, we were actually just talking about this, uh, you know, a, a semi employee review mm-hmm. with you, um, you know, talking about trackable metrics for you know, measuring your performance against. Yeah. And for me, it's it's really hard to come up with a measurable metric for you to kind of live up to because a lot of the things are, you can try your hardest to, to do something like whether it's uh, with our social media stuff and our mm-hmm. content stuff, like you can only do so much. Um, and then the rest is like, kind of ambiguous it's not like so cut and dry and so black and white like this is the number that we need to attain this is like if it doesn't happen it's your fault so i like to evaluate it more on is this person like fully invested are they trying to do (laughs) hypothetical person existing on vibes (laughs) existing on vibes a little bit yeah i mean because a lot of the things that we do a lot of people can kind of be accountable for certain parts of it. Yeah. So as long as you you feel like the vibe is everyone is <laughs> going towards the same goal, yeah. then I think that's kind of how I prefer to evaluate people. Yeah. It obviously is probably less scalable to do it like that, but... Um, yeah, know, and I think it makes it harder to find you know we're not looking to hire anybody else but i yeah. think that it would it makes it harder to hire new people because there are no you know you can't hire somebody and be like just make sure vibes are high <laughs> working towards the same thing you know it's like it's yeah. hard to find the right fit of person to exist in a workplace like like we have yes i think on this uh we are talking about rigid versus flexible i think we're determining that we're kind of <laughs> we're definitely more flexible yeah um but i think 
it's worth, I think it's worth thinking about for anybody, whatever type of company you have, whether there are like measurable metrics for certain positions and it can be Mm -hmm. different for different things. Like Steve is doing all of our video stuff now and it's like, should we evaluate his performance based on how many people watch the video? Like it's, it's kind of an ambiguous thing. That's not, I mean, so yeah, it's really not, it's not completely fair. So I'd rather evaluate it on when we watch it. Do we think that this is really good stuff? Yeah. You know, and then eventually if, if it doesn't work and you know, nobody, everyone hates it, you know, we'll have to reevaluate it. But I think you can't just tie everything to metrics. Like it has to be an intuition and a, a vibe. Yeah. I don't know. I'd be interested to hear how other people, you know, in like similar size businesses. Yeah. 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 Like what they, how rigid they feel they are. Cause I feel like in the trades, everybody has to be pretty flexible to an extent because there's so many um like unpredictable metrics like unless you're I feel yeah. like unless you're building like a unless your business is building brand new homes where every single thing you touch is new yeah then i feel like there's just so many unpredictable things that can change and can happen and yeah equipment failures yeah, like, you know yeah and i mean even not with new homes, that's probably you know yeah there's just lots of different things that can happen that's true so i feel like a an amount of flexibility is necessary, but yeah. And I think that most people in the trades come from, I would say typically come from like a smaller company. Like that's where they really got their skills. Like they learn from somebody, then they, they go into this. Not a lot of people come from like a corporate structure where right. they're used to systems being like very rigid yeah. and procedures put in place. Um, that's kind of the world that you come from. Yes. So, that's why uh, a lot of times you're probably like, what the hell's going on here? But <laughs> I think that is, uh, that's really probably the dichotomy. You are the the more rigid one. <laughs> I'm the completely, I'm like a rubber band. I'm completely <laughs> flexible. And I think for the company to thrive at its peak performance, we need to meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah. What do you think? I think we figured it all out. I think we did. Yin I think we, yeah. we have a perfect company, don't we? I think we might. I think, uh, I think we definitely talked in a circle there big time, but, uh, it was introspective. I learned something. Yeah, I did too. I learned That's a lot. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that there is a yin and a yang. You are more rigid. Yep. I'm very much more flexible and, uh, that's probably going to tie in pretty nicely to our next topic. <laughs> I was just going to say, which is, you know what? <laughs> Sean's secrets for sales. Yeah. So this came up because I said that I have a RBF. Well, you kind of said it. I hinted at it and you said that I did. Uh, I think it's pretty well documented. <laughs> yeah, I think it's well documented. Um, but I've never been in a sales position. I was a waitress for two weeks and... Didn't like it? Did not like it. And I'm just not... I wouldn't make a good salesperson. And I've not, I've never tried, so... I wouldn't even I say that that's sales, that, though. Nobody comes to a restaurant not to eat. Well, so true. Could, that's not sales, but it's like you still you know, couldn't even do that. Forward facing. Well, yeah, that's that was. People abysmal. were like, "I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> I don't like Get this. Get this lady out of here." Yeah. Um, but yeah, so more like frontward, frontward. That's not a word. Forward facing yeah. type careers. I've never really had. Which actually, now that I'm saying this, I worked for Red Bull. I was very forward facing. Yeah. 
And I was great at that, but I was giving it away for free. So I think that that was also, everyone's so excited when you're giving them Red Bull. When you, yeah, when people get anything so, for free, it's like people just lose their minds. Yeah. All right. So scratch that. But anyway, I don't think that I would be a good salesperson and I don't have to be, which is nice, but Sean is great at sales. You think so? Everyone who meets Sean, you, yeah. they love you. They just, you know, you've just got to, you've got a people kind of, you got a personality for people. A je ne sais quoi. I don't. I have an RBF and uh, yeah, it, it, it shows. So you're going to teach me your secrets on how to be a better salesperson just in case I need to sell something someday. Yeah. And uh, this is also top of mind because uh, we are churning through a lot of projects here and we're, mm-hmm. we're like just about to open up uh, a new series of design consultations and everything. So, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's kind of top of mind right now. And it's, uh, I would say... I don't know if I'm a natural salesperson, but I think I am. I'm a natural people person, I would yeah, say. Yeah, you're a natural people connector. People connector. feel, yeah, people, as soon as people meet you, they feel connected to you. Oh. Like some sort of sense of trust. Okay. That's nice. You think yeah. so? Yeah. Even my mom is like, Sean, oh. I'm so surprised great. to that. I feel like she doesn't know me that well, but maybe that's why. That's so nice. That's that's the effect you have on people. People that just so like nice. you. nice. Wow. Okay. Well, um, all right, so talking about sales, let's let's um, not with people's moms, but with clients. Yes, we'll stick to that example. Um, I think the main thing that you just touched on there is trust. Yes, I think that. Uh, I mean, this has been talked about over and over in every sales book that people buy from people that they trust. Yeah, know, like, and trust. So, um, I, I guess I'll cover a couple things. It's it's how to kind of initiate that trust and that kind of like get them to put their guard down. Yeah. A lot of times when you go into an interaction with somebody regarding any type of sales process, they have their guard up. Like you, they have the feeling that you're trying to push something on them. Even if they want it, like they're still a little bit, a little bit guarded because they're expecting like a hard pitch. Yeah. So we'll touch on that and then we'll touch on, just how to like kind of maneuver through that sales process because it is a process. It, it starts with that lead. It starts with that initial contact and it goes all the way through to you signing a contract and getting a check, mm-hmm. which is probably the best part. Probably. Yeah. Getting paid. Yeah. All anyway, so <laughs> all about that chatter, baby. <laughs> so, um, I think one of the most important things, um, building that trust and getting people to put their guard down initially. And I think the, the first thing that I always try to do, and most of the time this is over the phone, the first consultation is typically on the phone. So that can even be a little bit, yeah, it can be even a little bit harder. Um, so you're facing two uphill battles. Exactly. Number one thing I always do always smiling when you're on the phone. (laughs) That that is, that is something that it really does. It, it shows. You yeah. can hear it in people's voices when they're smiling. Yeah, that's true. I'm that smiling true. right now. Yeah. Can you? Can you? Hear I can tell. Yeah. yeah. So I can see that you're smiling, but I can also I can, I can hear your voice. If you were smiling. blind, you would know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would know. So you want to you want to kind of like disarm them right off the bat. So we go into a consultation call, and people are expecting that hard sell of mm-hmm. you know trying to talk them into it, and as soon as you know we start off the call and after a minute or two um, of just like chit chat, I try to put it out there that I'm 
engaging in this call to see if we're going to be a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. So as soon as they realize, like, I might say that we're not a good fit for this and I'm not just trying to sell them at all costs, um, that's a good way to just like drop their drop their guard a yeah. little bit. And it's like, hey, we're, we're just going to have a conversation about what you're looking for. Um, I'm going to be smiling on the other end of the phone so you can hear my enthusiasm and my mm -hmm. friendliness. And I am going to lay it out that, hey, let's just talk about what you're looking for. And, and I'll lay out at the beginning of the call what the process of this call is going to be. I'll say, hey, throw out any ideas that you have, whatever kind of features or how you intend to use it, like anything that you think of. Um, you don't have to know how it's going to fit in. Just throw it all out there. And then I'll toss back some ideas. And then we'll talk about what that budget looks like. So I think that when you lay it out like that, and you tell them that eventually we're going to, we're going to get to that budget conversation because like that's the part that people have their guard up about right. is they think that you're going to try to take advantage of them and that you're going to just basically try to whatever they want you're going to try to start at the highest number you possibly can and then work your way back but when you let them know that okay we're going to go over some ideas and then towards the end of this call we are going to start formulating what that looks like and then they can have the decision of is that realistic for them and whether they want to go forward with the next step of the process. So I think by laying all those things out and, and letting them know what to expect just on that first call, I think letting customers know what to expect throughout the entire process is very important, setting the expectations. And I think just with a singular first consultation call, setting that out right in the beginning and saying, this is what this call is going to do. I'm just going to get some information from you. We're going to talk about some ideas. Mm -hmm. You're going to tell me some features that you want. I'm going to throw out some ideas of how this could fit into your house and your backyard. And then we'll talk about the budget. And I'm not going to say, this is what it's going to cost. I'm going to say, we can design around whatever you want. But I'm going to tell you that if you're looking for something with a roof on it, that's going to that's a huge budget item. That's going to bump it up, you know, to maybe 150,000 ish, you know, and we're going to, we're going to walk you through that so that you can be the one that decides how much this project costs. We'll design up to that. Mm -hmm. And I will help you set the expectations of what you can expect at that budget range. Yeah. Did that make sense? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Disarm them and then be honest. Disarm them. Be honest. Um, and I think I think that is probably the most important thing is like is getting them to to put their guard down. That's yeah. that's like number one. Um, my next thing is they need to feel how excited you are about the prospect of building this hypothetical project. Oh, that's a good one. So. I think people can always sense on the phone with me, like when I'm going through these different things and uh, like I said, it starts out, they throw out a bunch of wish lists mm -hmm. and I already have a picture of their backyard, usually several pictures, and I will start throwing out ideas as I'm taking in all this information and writing it down. I will then kind of start spitballing some ideas like, okay, this is what I'm envisioning. I, I think it would be really cool to have, you know, the deck here and it leads down to the patio and over in this corner of the yard, you could have this really cool intimate fireplace and you're talking them through what they could have and you want them to be able to sense your excitement about the project. 
So that's always a really big thing for me is I want people to know how passionate I am about this. Mm -hmm. And it's not just about dollars and cents. It's about I'm doing this because I love doing it. And obviously to make a little cheddar, but well, you have to you got to make some chat. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's just the way of the world these days. But yeah. I want the number one thing to be, wow, this guy is really jazzed up about backyards. <laughs> he loves this stuff. Um, that's what I want from people. Yeah. Um, so that is that's another tip for you there. Yeah. OK. I, I, I hate to be critical, but I think you should be writing these things down. I should. I should be taking notes. You, you know what? I'm going to listen to this episode back. Good Probably idea. a couple times and then I'll take notes. Good idea. That's a great <laughs> idea. Um, all right. So we've kind of gone over like disarming them. We've we've gone over. Uh, what else have we gone over? Uh, it's sensing sensing the passion that you yeah, have. Passion sensing. The, pa the passion <laughs> sensing is an important part of the sales process. All right. So let's say you have a client who just their guard is just still immediately up. This is you're their third estimate and they just feel like contractors are scammers. They're just still stone-faced. What do you, what's, how do you yeah. keep the conversation going? What if they're just giving you like one word answers? Like, yeah, I want a deck. I want it to be 16 by 20 feet. Can you do it? That's a, that's a really good question. And I will say, yes. I know that we are in a position where we honestly turn down those kinds of jobs and people. Yeah, we but, say, no, thank you. <laughs> but not everybody is. Some people do have to kind of still work for, you know, yeah. Paying the bills. So what would you do in that situation? That's a great question. It's a great scenario. Uh, so yeah, for us, we start with the design process. Like we need to know what they want. Like if they're going to be really guarded with just the things that they want and don't want to like really open up about, um, you know, the different aspects that they're looking for. And I think I, we have some really good questions that like kind of get to the core of what they're looking for. Like yeah. how many people are in your immediate family on a, you know, on a typical Friday night, if you were going to have friends over, how many would that be? Do you have any big parties, you know, a few times a year? Is it once a year? Is it, is it three times a year? Is it um, 50 people, hundred people? Like getting all of those questions um, and saying things like, would you rather eat dinner outside around a table or sit around a big sectional couch and watch TV outside. Like mm -hmm. getting those things are, are ways to get to the core of what they're looking for because they don't really know sometimes. So mm -hmm. that's where we would start. I think if you're in a situation where, you know, you're more volume based and say you're, you're they want a 16 by 20 deck and they don't want to tell you, um, you know, what their budget is. I think that's where it is on the contractor to, just guide them through it. Like if they really do just want something kind of straightforward mm -hmm. and you are accustomed to building say 16 by 20 decks, I think that you should have like a ballpark figure that you could throw out over the phone. Just say, okay, like, you know, it sounds like you're looking for something pretty simple. Um, a 16 by 20, you know, get an idea of how high off the ground it is, some different details, but you should be able to throw out a number to them. Yeah. Um, and, sometimes like no matter how good you are or how friendly or charismatic you are, sometimes people are just going to be like standoffish throughout the process. And we even deal with it. Like yeah. even if people get on a, on a waiting list to, to do a design consultation, I'll talk to some people and they're very guarded about what they want. And I'll still go through the whole process and, you know, kind of, try to get the best idea of what they're looking for as possible, walk them through a budget. And then if they're still 
you know, guarded about what they want to do or, you know, to say, yeah, that's a good budget figure or no, it needs to be less than that. If they're still in that frame of mind at the end of this call, I just say, okay, well, you know, I, I've thrown out a ton of information to you. You have a lot to think about. If you have any questions at all, reach back out to us. Um, and then we can talk about the next steps. So I always go with the soft sell. Yeah. Never like, okay, so you ready to sign up for the design thing? Um, I think luckily we're in a position where we don't, we have enough leads where we don't have to sell every single job. Um, but I think it's, it's, they're not showing, uh, a trust in you. And that's never a good way to start off a relationship with a client. So, um, you know, you are going to get into those situations mm-hmm. and yeah, you have to prepare for them. So I think yeah. in that scenario, you, if it is just a simple deck, um, or, or any type of project that's cut and dry, you should be able to give them a rough budget over the phone and, and then just kind of leave it at that. Yeah, that that's what that's what I think. I think even if you are volume based, like some people, you can just get a sense like they're not going to be that great to work for. Yeah. You know, so that made me think of something like, you know, as a non salesman, you said you sales said lady, sales lady, sales person, sales person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like you want them to hear how excited you are. But maybe another part of it is like figuring out which part they are most excited about and using that as like a commonality, because some people I feel like. I've listened to you do these calls, so I kind of know yeah. how they go. You know the but, spiel, yeah. Yeah. But some people are very excited about, like, just to have any outdoor space. They're just excited to have, you know, they just want to be able to use their house outside. And yeah. that's it. Some people are really jazzed about having an outdoor kitchen. Some people are really jazzed about the idea of getting a deal on this. Some people are yeah. really jazzed about, you know, just getting their kids out of the house. Like, some people, <laughs> yeah. like, usually people have one point that they are very excited about. Yeah. And, you know, you can kind of pick that thing up and use that as like, okay, this is, you know, let's talk about that more. Like, let's dig into that more because that's where you like, if you talk to people in their interests, then they immediately trust you more because they think that you're taking an interest in what they care about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a very poignant observation. Thank you. Maybe you are a natural salesperson. (laughs) Am I? I think you might be. Uh, That's a great point actually, because, uh, as we've talked about many times, typically all of design consultations are done over the phone. Yes. But I did meet with somebody like last week mm-hmm. because they had a, they had a very irregular lot, yeah. um, huge new house. Um, it, it was a little bit of a, I wanted to see the property in person um, to really get a sense of like how this would be set up because the main outdoor living space was really like on the side of the house and it was like Mm -hmm. right at the front of a new development. Um, There was just some different things about the property that I thought it would be better to see it in person. And I immediately like this guy had just basically finished building a custom home, Um, beautiful, huge house, Mm -hmm. huge property um, in a really nice neighborhood. And all the things that he was talking about were all of these aesthetic things and like the style uh, mm-hmm. that he was going for. He wanted this um, modern but timeless look to to the whole house. So I got that vibe from him very quickly upon meeting him in person and, and kind of just walking through the property real quick. So most of my conversation and my ideas were geared towards the aesthetic of the project and tying into the house. And I could tell that that was the most important thing to him. So 
I was trying to relate to the most important thing in his mind. And that's what I based the whole thing around. Like, okay, yeah. this is really the, the, your backyard is more of a side yard. It's the first thing that, that people see when they turn into this development. It really becomes part of the front elevation of the house. So yeah. tying it together, like it's going to be visible from all sides of the house, whether you're pulling up to the front, you know, you're just driving by the street that it's intersecting with, like, it's going to be a very huge focal point. It's almost going to be like the front of your house. Yeah. Um, so that's what I geared it towards and talked about, you know, kind of put my own words, like this, how I would describe the style of his house and mm -hmm. the materials. And um, I could just tell that he was like, you get what I'm going for. This is, you know, if we do a project here, like I want you to design it. So that is a, a great observation that you have to identify initially, like what is that thing that they're going to relate to Yeah, and kind of go with that. Yeah. I think there's something here. I might be a salesman. Put me on some of these calls. Salesperson. Salesperson. Where yeah. Is, you want to say salesman again? You said salesman. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be sad lady. Sorry. I'm not one yet. So I can't, can't relate. You want to, you want to get on a call? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe one day. Uh, you know what would actually be fun? I think if um, I'll listen in, but I think you probably have heard me do enough of these calls that you could, <laughs> have, yeah. you could do that. I could, I could and then I could be there. It. I could be there coaching you through it. You know, I'll do you be, think do that you these, would like, be able to <laughs> smile? Yeah. Do you think that you'd be able to not chime in? It'd be tough. <laughs> it would definitely be tough. That would be my uh, natural inclination to yeah. jump in and say, uh, hold on right there. So, uh, but no, I think um, I think that that would be a fun exercise to do. Yeah. Maybe we do like a, we'll, we'll do a trial one yeah, with somebody we'll, we know. Yeah. That's we'll have idea. Anthony call in. <laughs> say, oh, yeah, I'm looking no, for a deck. No, he's too tough. <laughs> I'm looking for a deck. Uh, how do I know you know what you're doing? <laughs> you're a lady. What do you know about building? He would be tough. He would be tough. He would be but tough. But maybe that's a good place to start. Yeah. That's a good idea. All right. So, what else? Do you have any other questions about uh, about sales? Um, maybe some, maybe some other scenarios of how hmm. to best engage with people. So we, like I said, we, or we said we do all of our stuff mostly on the phone at first, yeah. yep. but a lot of people don't do it that way. It's more of a face to face interaction. And we do yeah. a lot of face to face interacting at like these shows. Yeah. So what's your best like face to face? Just, tip? yeah, your tip, your, your icebreaker for a face to face introduction because huh. there's got to be some sort of like you know combo starters to these things you know you don't want to just like yeah burn just, right into it you, you gotta you know yeah be personable up. Surf, at first. soften yeah. them up yeah so what's what's that what's your best in-person tips um okay that's that's a that's a really good question i think number one you gotta be you gotta be smiling you gotta look like you want to be Definitely there smile and you're excited <laughs> to be there you're excited to meet this person um you know and you can always start with a little small talk like mm -hmm. you know oh it's beautiful how long have you how long have you lived here this house is beautiful love the neighborhood you know just a little little chit chat and then say okay. why don't we uh why don't we check out check out what you got in the backyard Let's, you know just walk around mm -hmm. um and really just let them lead the the conversation um okay. and actively listen okay hopefully sarah doesn't hear this because she's gonna be like you never listen to me <laughs> <laughs> uh, but really 
making sure that you aren't like you don't want to go there and be dictating like the whole thing and controlling yeah. the whole interaction. You want them to um to just say their part, like yeah. say what they want, listen to them. Um, I think that's such a good tip because there's nothing worse than like an overbearing salesman. Yeah. Like that's and I think that that's everyone has their guard up because that's what they're expecting. Some sort of like yeah. Just overzealous like yes, you know what yeah, you got to like uh, you know that's about see what you got here. Yeah. Oh, that's dangerous. <laughs> this, you better fix this. I can do. I can do that. Just it's a little bit of an upcharge, but I'll. I can fix that for you. Yeah. Everyone expects that kind of guy. Yeah. Or lady. Or lady. Yeah. <laughs> ladies can be scammers too. Uh, ladies are like the original scammers. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um, yeah. I think. I think that's probably the biggest tip is to just like listen. Yeah. You know. Um, a lot of and times and be like quietly knowledgeable. Like show that you know what you're talking about. Yeah. But not in a in a aggressive way. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know, you have to you have to listen to them first to know how to relate to them. Um mm -hmm. and that's that's typical with the people that we meet uh at shows or people that you know, like clients that we meet. It's a lot of times they have a lot more information about us than we do about them. Yeah. Initially. So you know, they might already have something that they want to ask us or they want to, you know, talk about. Obviously, if it's a client, they want to, they know that we design backyards. Like they, they have uh, an understanding of who we are and what we do. And with the amount of stuff we do on social media, like they feel like they really know us. Yeah. We don't know them yet. So you want to let them lead the conversation and you want to just be there actively listening and then that's where you're going to like see all these other points that you want to touch on. You're going to get a sense of what's most important to them. Mm -hmm. You are going to understand like what is the, what's the goal of this outdoor living space? Um, how important is, is budget? Did they just move in? Are they planning to live there forever? You know, just getting all of these little things is going to help you like subconsciously get, a lot of the information that you need out of them mm -hmm. just by letting them talk. Yeah. And be smiling the whole time. Never drop that smile. Never drop just that be smile. About it. Just be really <laughs> weird about it. Just be like ridiculously Never. Stop smiling. smiling. Just Oh my God. That's Wide so eyed actively listening yeah. and smiling. I think people would like that. But some people will, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that I think that is that's the most um you know what? It reminds me of a quote. If you want to be interesting, be interested. Love that. That's a yeah, great quote. It is. Who said that? Not sure, but um, I know I've heard it. But <laughs> I like it, it. It's true. Like if you if you like meet somebody at a party or something, somebody that you you haven't uh, ever met before, and you get mm -hmm. into a conversation with them, if you don't do anything but just listen to them and like yeah. engage with them and say, oh, wow, that's really interesting. Like, tell me more about that. Yeah. And you just let them talk about themselves to you for an hour and you don't tell anything about yourself. They're going to leave that conversation and be like, oh, my God, Catherine is like the most interesting person I've ever <laughs> met. And really, all you did was let them talk about themselves. Yeah. So it's it's something that it is kind of like an interesting thing of human nature. Like, yeah. People are people want to feel like they're in control. They want to feel like they're leading the conversation and they're the ones that are like the subject of that conversation. So um, just by listening 
and being interested in what the other person has to say, um, you're going to, they're going to think that you're more interesting and it's going to build some of that trust. Yeah. You know, everyone wants to feel like they're captivating. So if you can convince somebody that they are captivating, they are going to then. Exactly. Trust you. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be addicted to that feeling that you give them. Like, (laughs) oh my God, Sean thinks I'm so captivating, charismatic. (laughs) And yeah, everyone wants to be young, good looking and charismatic. So if you can make somebody feel like all three of those things, (laughs) you are set. That's how you build rapport with somebody. Yeah. What do you think about that? All right. I think I think you did a great job. You think so? Yeah. Thank you for all of your best tips. <sighs> You're welcome. Do you have any more tips? Because we're... Uh, what are we? We're, uh, we're at secret question time. We are. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think that's enough for today. Save I think that's enough secret tips for today. Um, but there'll be more. Okay. There'll be more. You want to keep doing some more podcast episodes about... <sighs> Uh, we'll see we'll see i don't know maybe this is the end of this no yeah i i think that's a good idea we'll we'll do some more episodes so uh we'll have to keep something in the hopper yeah keep people listening i have more secrets everyone (laughs) just stay tuned you never know when they're gonna drop all right so what do we got what do we got secret question time you got one i do oh my god you're actually prepared (laughs) wow brain fog lifted i even this is a this is a i already thought about this one a while ago wrote it down on my phone that's how prepared I am. Wow. Um, so, yes. it's well documented. We are from just outside of Philadelphia. We are Philadelphia sports fans. Yes. I'm, you know, loosely for me, but yeah. if I have to choose, I am a Philadelphia sports fan. Yeah. You are a Philadelphia sports fan. If you had to move to a different part of the country based on their sports teams, which were, which area would you choose? Who are you wow, going for? Wow, that's such a random question. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, just based on their sports teams? You have to move to this city and, I have to be and you a have fan to be a fan of the sports teams. Huh. So you got to balance living wherever that place is and uh, the sports teams. Okay. So it is based also around like where it is. Okay. Yeah. But mostly sports. Yeah. <laughs> mostly around sports. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's tough because the one that comes to mind initially for me, weather seems horrible. Buffalo. Buffalo is what I was going to pick too. Really? Yeah. The people at those, the Bills they Mafia, like they have such they're insane. <laughs> they're jumping off of cars, like on the tables yeah. for some reason. I don't, I don't understand it, but they seem like such a good, and it seems like, I don't know, like a small tight knit. Yeah. Like it's Buffalo. It's not like a major city, but it's like, but yeah, but they, it's like such a, passionate. it's like a, yeah, like a passionate fan base. Yeah. I think that's where I would go. Cold though. Cold. Definitely cold. Definitely cold. Um, yeah, and it's not even like, you know, you could like go to Florida in the winter because like that's when the sports games are. Yeah. So mm-hmm, something mm-hmm, to think mm-hmm, about, but mm-hmm. that's, I think that's where I would go. I mean, it just seems like such a fun environment yeah. where uh, like, like a real like blue collar industrial city where yeah. like everyone's just working to get that Bills game in this weekend. You know, yeah. that's what's really pulling them through. That's where I want to live. Yeah. Where just a, a, a game is what's getting you through your day to day. Uh, yeah, it just seems wild there. It seems insane. Yeah, it does seem insane. Where are you going? New Orleans. New. Oh, that's such a good one. I'm a Saints fan, Pelicans fan. I'll change. I like, I like both of those teams. Pelicans only because it's a ridiculous sports. That is insane. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but I do like the Saints. If if I, I wasn't gonna say Detroit. I like the Lions for some reason. Don't know why. Yeah, it seems completely random. Yeah, but I don't want to live in Detroit, so I'm going to New Orleans. New Orleans ah, is like the best city. Yeah, it and seems so much fun. That seems yeah, more fun than... Uh, the best city, and yeah. I like the Saints. I respect the Saints. Yeah. So I'm going to New Orleans. Okay. Well, that's 
Well, maybe the maybe the Bills will play the Saints and we'll do a podcast episode together <laughs> at some point. Uh, uh, but gay birds or whatever. Yeah, go birds. Yeah, <laughs> birds forever. Uh, if you would you, I mean, it's hard to say because I don't think you've ever lived anywhere else. But like, let's say you live somewhere else. Would you pick Philadelphia? Would you ever pick to live in Philadelphia? I mean, that's like, how can you possibly even put yourself in that? I don't know. Just, okay. I mean, it seems like a great sports city. If it's the same question, I'm from somewhere else. It's like, yeah, I want to live in the place where they throw snowballs at Santa and <laughs> batteries at people at Veterans Stadium, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's what... Great reputation. Great reputation. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I think so. Would you? Definitely. Yeah. Very passionate. I have passionate lived other city. places and I have chose... I chose to come back to Philadelphia. I love Philadelphia. Everything about it. Everything? Everything. I love the city. Homelessness? It's Love honestly not that bad compared to other cities. It's still bad. It's bad because it's no bad. No one should be homeless. Ever. Absolutely. Yeah. But like I lived in Los Angeles. You can't compare the homeless. A lot of homeless people? Oh, yeah. Does anyone Skid live? Skid Row. Have like, there's like, they have their own home. Like it's, it's a whole block town. No, it's not a block. It's like it's like a it's a street, but it's like very long. It's startling. It's very upsetting. Oh, God. Yeah. So compared to that, Philadelphia is like not. It's bad because yeah. it's bad everywhere, but it's not like particularly yeah. bad. I guess crime is like bad, but again, bad everywhere. Yeah. I love Philadelphia. It's the greatest city. Okay. Yeah. Let's focus on the positives. This this uh, <laughs> went a little bit down. Uh, all right. Well, do you have a secret question or we're just going to stick to one? We're going to stick to one because okay. um, I do not have one. But <laughs> uh, next week we are going to be talking about social media, social media in 2023 new trends yeah. what we're seeing what uh what the experts are saying yeah. what we're doing what's working for us what's working for us and what might work for you because yeah. it's always changing it is it's always, it's always evolving and changing and we're always learning more so yeah we'll learn together yeah stay with us please <laughs> but until next time this has been the hard working happy hour see you next week <laughs>